This is a free download from the Lancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in the Lancey Eden Church building at the bank of St. Vincent in the Challenger Island of Jersey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at thelancetewland.co.uk. So welcome to our special uh, Good Friday service. As as we just uh, focus this morning, as we come to folks about the cross and all that Jesus has done, this would be good to just read from Isaiah 53 that one of the greatest descriptions of the cross actually is found in Isaiah 53, written 600 years before Jesus came. And Isaiah is looking 600 years forward and has this incredible prophetic declaration of all that Jesus would do. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Praise God. Shall we just stand? We're just going to, Nigel, do you want to just come pray? Father, we just thank you for this week, this day, this time of the year. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you went to that cross, that you went to that cross for us. And Lord, it's it sort of beyond our thinking and beyond our imagination what you actually went through on that cross. But you did it for us. And we want to say this morning, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Oh, Lord, we're just overwhelmed with what you did for us. And we want to come and say this morning, thank you. We appreciate what you did for us. And this morning, we give you glory, and we give you praise, and we give you thanksgiving. Amen. Um, we're going to command the communion table now. And communion is always a special time, isn't it, anyway? But um, on this special Good Friday... It's kind of heightened even more um, for us. If you've got your Bibles, um, you might want to turn to Matthew chapter 26. We're just going to read that passage together of the Lord's Supper. Matthew 26, verse 17. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, 
Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And they were very sad and began to say to him, began to say to him, one after the other, surely not I, Lord. And Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. And Judas, the one who had betrayed him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, yes, it is you. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. And this communion table, this time of Jesus giving his life for us, that sacrifice. Not only was it a sacrifice, but that also, that story there of kind of betrayal, of abandonment um, from his nearest and his dearest, his closest. And he suffered that for me and for you. And I think today, as we sort of just share communion together, I really want us to focus and really think about the depth of God's love for me and for you. That as we come here, just to really meditate on Jesus' love for us. And I suppose it's really hard. How can we measure what's immeasurable, which is Jesus' love for us? But we know this. We know the depth of someone's love for us by what it costs them. If he sacrifices his life for us, it assures us of a much deeper love than just sacrificing a few bruises, a few scars. We know the depth of someone's love for us by how little we deserve it. We are not what we should be, but he loves us. We have let him down, but he loves us. He loves us not for who we could be or what he would like us to be, but he loves us unconditionally. And we know the depth of someone's love for us by the freedom with which they love us. If there's no reluctance, if there's no gain, then we know that the love is deep and he gives us freely his love with no gain. And today as we take communion, let us remember that, how deeply, how dearly Jesus loves you and is for you. Let this today be a table of love to come just as we are, because we're accepted just as we are. Lord, when we think of all that you've done for us, the fact that you knew that what it would cost you before you did it. And you looked down on us, each of us as individuals, and thought we were worth it. Lord, we just thank you from the bottoms of our hearts. Lord, for your body broken for us and for your blood that washed us clean. We are absolutely righteous because of what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You are listening to a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Okay, uh, one Peter, one verse. I want to talk about the 
this morning about how precious the blood of Jesus is. As we particularly this moment focus our attention on the cross and, and the blood of Jesus. Just love that song that was there in the background. It talks about the power of the cross and, and the power of the blood. I want to wear how precious the blood of Jesus is. 1 Peter 1 verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Precious blood of Christ. Father, as we just look at your word just in these moments, I pray, just give us an understanding. Reveal to us how precious and how powerful and awesome the blood of Jesus is. Lord, as we celebrate this day, as we celebrate all that you did on our behalf on the cross, Lord, we don't want it just to be something of history. We want to know the, the true reality and the power of it. In our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I found, I don't know about you, but often it's the circumstances of life often show us how precious things is. And I think a lot of believers, a lot of Christians, don't really see the value of the blood. Because often they don't see why the blood is so valuable. Why is the blood of Jesus so valuable? Why is this so important that we celebrate the cross and the death and the blood of Jesus? about you, but there's certain things you don't value until you don't have her anymore. Have you found that? In other words, you, you don't value health until you're sick. Have you found that? You, you don't really think about your health until you get sick. And when you get sick, you kind of appreciate and value your health. You don't really often value how precious life is without pain until you have pain. You don't really understand how precious food is, although Maybe not so much that one, but we don't really know how precious food is and, until we suffer hunger. We don't always appreciate water until we're thirsty. Don't appreciate wealth until people experience poverty. We don't really understand how precious the blood of Jesus is until we recognize the devastating power of sin. To understand the devastating power of sin, you never under, really under grasp understand how precious the blood of Jesus is. And I want to just very briefly speak of five things which show us why the blood of Jesus is so precious. Here's the first thing. The blood of Jesus is precious because of its redeeming power. Because of its redeeming power. That word redeem means to kind of buy back. And if you know anything of, of, I suppose, of the New Testament history of the word, where the word redeem or redemption come from, it's a picture of a slave in a market. And when someone purchased a slave, they would, they would actually go and say, this is the redeeming price of that slave. And someone would then buy that slave from that market, and that slave, if you like, would then become the property of the person that purchased it. And here's this incredible picture that we've been purchased. We, the price for our deliverance and freedom has been paid by Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Hebrews 9.22. And I'll be in these moments talking and using a lot of scriptures from Hebrews. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says these amazing words. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And there's the phrase, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission. 
And that word remit means to clear, to knock out the way. And in other words, there's no way we could be clean. There's no way we could get out of that sin situation without the shedding of the blood. We couldn't get out the power, that, that awful control over sin of our lives without the shedding of the blood. You see, the blood of animals is a word that's often used, and it's, it's the word atone. And believe it or not, and this is where we get into all kinds of controversy, but in a sense, the blood of Jesus doesn't atone for your sin. I'll tell you why, because the blood, the word atone means to cover. And during the Old Testament, the blood of animals would cover sin, but it never really removed it. But the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover your sin, but the blood of Jesus removes it. The blood is precious because of its redeeming power. The Bible says we're not redeemed with silver or gold, but our, our lives, we were purchased, our freedom was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. I actually really think this with all my heart. When we get to heaven, we are going to so appreciate the blood. We're going to see how powerful, how awesome, how glorious that blood is, and how much the price was purchased for us. That we don't have to die in our sin. We no longer have to be separated from God because the blood was shed. We've been redeemed by that blood. Certain results have been redeemed. Here's the first result that we get through being redeemed. It means, in a sense, we, never, we no longer belong to ourselves. If the blood has purchased us, the Bible says, we're not our own anymore. We are totally and utterly his property. We totally and utterly belong to him because he has paid the price for us. And it's almost acknowledging, Lord, I don't owe myself anymore, but you totally and completely owe me. You have total control over me. You have a right to, to claim every part of my being. That means, in a sense, that nothing else should really rule over us. Nothing should control us. Nothing should, else should rule us because Jesus has totally paid the price for us by his blood. You think also about something. When you purchase something, the higher the price you pay for something, the more precious there is. Is that right? If you pay 10p for something, you don't really kind of, you're not going to kind of really look after it really well and, you know, and walk, you know, make sure it's there. Your mobile phone, you now most of us kind of, it's like our second arm, you know, we just, we love it, we stroke it, we kind of, yeah, some of us have paid a lot of money for our mobile phone, and it's precious because of the value of it. And Jesus says, you are so valuable, you're so worthwhile to me. This is the price I'm paying the blood. And I think I shared on Sunday. You know how you can know how, you can know your worth, you can know your value because of the blood. When God sees you, he sees your value, he sees your worth. And that's why none of us need to struggle with a sense of worthlessness and, and, and feel we have no value because of the price that was paid for us, it was the price of the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Here's a second thing I'd like to talk about. The blood not only has redeeming power, it has cleansing power. John 1, verse 7. Therefore, 
We have fellowship with God. We walk in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship with God because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. In other words, we have fellowship, we have relationship with God because the sin problem has been removed. Revelation 1 verse verse 5. What a great verse. Revelation 1 verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who has loved us, and washed us from our sins in his blood. We have faith. You know, the blood has been shed for us, but we need to know how to apply it. Is that right? You can know about the blood and yet really still live with, with things ruling our lives because we don't apply it to our lives. Now, once someone said to Reinhard Bonnke once, someone said to him, if the blood of Jesus is so powerful, why are still people messing up and failing and doing all kinds of things and still ruled by sin? He said this. I thought, what an answer, what a response. He said, he says, we live in a society where people are still dirty, even though there's a lot of soap. The difference is, is whether you apply the soap. And that's the thing about the blood of Jesus. We've got to apply the blood. How do we apply the blood? By having faith in the blood. Really believing, having faith, what the blood accomplishes in our life. And you can't have faith in the blood if you don't know what the blood does. And the blood, we're told, cleanses us from all sin. It removes every stain. In fact, when it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us, the actual Greek there is it's in, it's continually doing it. Time after time, moment after moment, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us. It's removing every stain of sin. And the book of Hebrews says that we have a better covenant. In the Old Testament, that's to keep repeating the sacrifices time and time again. But now, through the blood of Jesus, it's once and for all. The blood that cleanses. Isn't it great to feel clean on the inside? I feel one of the greatest things you can feel is when right inside your heart, you feel clean. You just feel so clean on the inside. And now every, every stain, every mark of sin has been removed because the blood totally and completely cleanses us, the Bible says, from all sin. Not some sin, all sin. And so we can have a completely clean heart because of the blood. Andrew Murray said this, the cleansing blood where sinners reach, there the blood must reach. Every part of our being must be touched by the blood. Every part of your being is cleansed by the blood. Redeeming power, I love to say cleansing power. Cleansed completely and totally by the blood. Pacifying power. Now, this is probably not good advice for parents, okay? Forgive me. But you know, when I, particularly Amy, when she was really young, the only way we could get probably a bit of quiet, a bit of peace, was the well-known dummy. 
the pacifier. So we could have a kind of peace in the house. Just for those moments where you could have just a bit of peace. But one thing the blood does, it brings incredible peace to our hearts. It brings peace to broken lives. It deals, and get a hold of this, with a guilty conscience. Colossians 1, verse 20. I just think this is a kind of big one. As I was thinking about it, this is the big one I want you to really get a hold of today. Colossians 1, verse 20. It says, and to him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth, in heaven, having made peace through the blood of Jesus. You have peace with God. And that peace is brought by the blood. I actually think one of the reasons why people really struggle with guilt is they've never really magnified or recognized the power of the blood. You'd be amazed and staggered how many people live under the power of a guilty conscience. Never really dealt with guilt in their hearts. And they carry a lot of guilt deep inside them. Whenever we carry guilt, it's a result of never realizing the power of the blood of Jesus. The guilty conscience that kind of rules and controls people's lives. I think people who know the power of the blood no longer live under the power of guilt. And I think when guilt's in us, it stops us from really experiencing the, the, the things of God in our lives. We never feel worthy enough to receive anything from God. We never feel able to pray because we feel our prayers are weak because of the guilt that we feel in our hearts. I think one of the things that we want to watch, and I, I think over the years, I praise God, it will be, it's not happening so much as it used to years ago. One of the things Christians can do is heap a lot of condemnation on people. A lot of people live under all kinds of guilt and condemnation because of what other people have placed on them. But I'm glad to tell you this morning that the blood cleanses us from that guilt in our lives. And whenever guilt's ruling you, it's evidence you've lost sight of the blood. Look at Hebrews 10 verse 1. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of things can never, with the same sacrifice, which they continue year after year, make those who approach perfect. For they would not have ceased to be offered. For the worshiper, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sins. What he's talking about? He's talking about people, Christians, believers, who live their life, who have a greater sense of, of, they're more conscious of sin than they are conscious of the righteousness or their right standing with God. 
the more conscious of their sin, the more conscious of, 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 the, of the past, of the fail, of all those things, rather than being conscious that the blood has made them right with God. And the truth is, nothing ever is going to remove guilt but the blood. Sometimes we try and make up for it by doing other things to try to, to deal with our guilt. You know, we, we try and do better things for people. We try and pray more. We try and read our Bible more. And all those things are trying to appease the guilt that we feel in our hearts. I remember once when, when, I, when I really messed up as a young Christian. And I did. I remember getting a, a load of tracks and going to every door, about 500 doors and putting tracks through them because I wanted to make up for my mistake and failure. I think a lot of people do that. They try and make up for things rather than realizing the only thing that's ever going to deal with it is the blood. There's no tablet that can remove a guilty conscience. There's nothing you can make up for it but by realizing and recognizing what the blood has done for you. And until you realize that, you're going to live with a lot of emotional disturbance in your heart. You're going to have inner turmoil. You're never going to have peace inside your heart until you know the blood has cleansed me. The blood has removed the guilt of sin. Cleanses my guilt. You say amen. There's an excellent. That's why, why try and remember what God has forgotten? Do you realize that? God chooses to no longer remember your sin. Isn't that amazing? As far as the east is from the west, so the Lord has removed it. The Bible says he takes our sin and he casts them behind his shoulder. The Bible says God is not man that he should repent. And that word repent there means turns around. He doesn't take your sin, throw it back, and keep looking at it. When you confess it, when the blood cleanses you, as far as God is concerned, it no longer exists. There's power in the blood. Can you say amen? Here's the next one, very quickly. Reconciling power by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I can just come right into his presence right now. I no longer have to live distant, far away from him that I can know the benefit of enjoying his presence on a continual moment-by-moment moment part of my life. I can go anywhere and know God's presence with me. Isn't that wonderful? Anywhere I go, God's with me. Because the blood makes it possible for me to get near and nearer and nearer to him. Amen? Here's the last one. I might issue this a word. If it is, I've just made it up. Emboldening power. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, which is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. I think one of the reasons why the people in the Bible so incredible results was the amazing boldness they had with God. They had such an amazing sense of, of boldness. 
It's that, that, that sense of boldness, that, that sense that they had a right to be right in God's presence. They had a boldness to come before him. They had a confidence. I think one of the things that can happen to us, unless we understand the power of the blood, is the enemy acts and attacks us in the area of feeling inferior. So we never feel we're good enough to ask God for certain things. And so we live with this inferiority. We're intimidated by all kinds of things. But God says, when you come into my presence, when you bring your request to me, you're not someone crawling in the dust and, and kind of, you know, afraid to lift your head up. You come with confidence. You come with boldness. And it's not confidence in what you are and what you've done. It's confidence and boldness with the blood of Jesus. I just love that great John Wesley hymn. John Wesley hymn. Boldly I approach the throne. And it's that boldness, that confidence, that, that sense that you have a right to be there because of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Because of the blood, you can believe that God will fulfill all his promises. And because you believe he will fulfill all his promises, you come with confidence and boldness. Quick coming, feeling intimidated, feeling kind of inferior. Because of the blood, you have confidence before the very throne of God. Can you say amen? I just love, and I close with this. Do we delirious? This is delirious. Remember the Christian band? I just love some of their songs. And one of their great songs, I sing it over and over again. And these are the words. The blood of Jesus never fails me. Never fails you. And so this morning... We can come with this incredible sense of boldness and confidence before God because of what the blood has done for us. Let's all just bow our heads just for a few moments. Oh, this morning. Thank him this morning for the redeeming power. You're not your own. God's purchased you. You know, the devil has no claim over your life at all anymore. All the, the bondages, all the things that want to hold on to your life have no power over you because you've been redeemed by the blood. You've been cleansed by the blood. Every part of your being has been washed clean by the blood. It's not dependent on how you feel. It's dependent on what God's word has declared. He will cleanse you by his blood. If you confess your sin, he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then we have peace with God because of the blood. We enter into his presence because of the blood. And because of the power of the blood, you can have boldness and confidence before the very throne of God, coming to the throne, obtaining mercy in time of need. Just thank him in the moment for the blood. Say, Lord, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the power of your blood right now. The enemy has been totally and utterly defeated. The cross was where it, he was completely and utterly annihilated and defeated. Jesus said, it is finished. Completed, done away with, once and for all. The blood still has power today that he had 2,000 years ago. The blood is so awesome, so powerful. Let's apply it to every part of our lives right now. 
Say, Lord, I'm, I have faith in what your blood has done on my behalf this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just thank you for the blood. Come on, just thank you for the blood. Let him, don't live anymore with guilt and condemnation. Know the power of the blood. Come with boldness because of the blood. Know that you stand before God as righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness, so that we might have a right standing with God. And the merit, is, the merit of it is by the blood. Father, I want to thank you this morning for this day as we just think of what you did on the cross for us. But Lord, this morning, we particularly thank you for the shedding of the blood of Jesus. We thank you for how powerful that blood is. Thank you for that blood that washes us and cleanses us. To him who loved us and washed us from our sin by his own blood. Lord, and we want to recognize this morning your blood is so precious. We've not been redeemed with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's precious, Lord, because it's God's blood. It's your blood. It's precious blood. And thank you the blood goes on cleansing, goes on working, goes on touching our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. So we thank you and praise you for the preciousness of your blood. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.